0: It's good, good, good to be back here. You know, that we only sung two songs while I was in here, but that's the most English that w- our family has sung in about a year and f- three months now. So it's a real uh, privilege to sing that with you. And um, in fact, in Bolivia, we would have sung probably how many more times that song? I don't know, four four times that amount of songs in a church service, and then b- about, an a- yeah, about an hour of singing. And about a little over an hour of preaching. So they're, they're there to stay. Uh, Olivia's not real time sensitive. So uh, they're, they're there for the, the worship morning and they enjoy it. So we, we actually attend a church there uh, that was planted. There's actually two churches that were planted by colleagues of ours on our same team. And so we have the privilege of attending there. We'll, of course, change when we go back because we're moving. But I'll tell you more about that in a little while. Let's, uh, let's pray, and then we'll get into the Word, okay? Father, we thank you so much for this time together, time in your Word. Father, we thank you that you've revealed yourself to us, and you have not left us uh, with only general revelation. As grand as it is to see the mountains and the oceans, as grand as it is to see the beautiful trees, as grand as it is to recognize the powerful and wise God who created it, we thank you that you've given us your word so that we might know you better, Lord, that we might have a personal relationship with you, that we might know your son, that we might experience the love and joy and peace that comes from a relationship with you. We thank you for all the privileges we have in salvation, Lord, that we will treasure and worship you and praise you for for the remainder of eternity for all of eternity so lord we pray as we come to your word today that you would open our hearts and minds to hear from you to hear the bible as the word of god and not the word of man and to receive it into our lives to be changed by it for your glory among the nations we pray this in jesus name amen i want you to turn with me to psalm chapter 67 psalm 67 want to focus our time today on two verses in this psalm, but I'm going to read the entire psalm. I want you to notice something that's going on here, uh, a pattern in the scriptures we've talked about in the past, uh, which is called a chiasm, where there's a repeating theme at the beginning and the end, and a repeating theme in the middle, and then a central point to the psalm. And so you see in verse 1, may God be gracious to us and bless us. And make his face shine upon us. And then you see that repeated, that same idea repeated in verse 7. God shall bless us, let all the ends of the earth fear him. Uh, You see the repetition in verse 3. Let the peoples praise you, O God, let all the peoples praise you. And then again in verse 5. Let the peoples praise you, O God, let all the peoples praise you. And then verse 4 is really the pivot point of the psalm, the hinge of the psalm. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. One day, in spite of all the chaos, in spite of all the trouble, in spite of all the protests, in spite of all the wars and conflicts, in spite of all the poverty, in spite of all these things, God will judge the earth, and He will judge the earth in equity, and everything will be made right. And therefore, the prayer of this psalm is that the nations would know this God, They would experience His peace, His salvation, that they would know His ways. And one day they would experience the joy of everything being made right under Him. That's the prayer of this psalm. But I want to focus mainly on verses 1 and 2 today, as the themes themes of this psalm are introduced there and repeated throughout the psalm. I want to focus mainly on those two verses. There's two other Old Testament passages that this psalm primarily alludes to. One is is Aaron's blessing, which you've heard many times at the end of church services. You'll hear the echo here. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face shine upon us. You've heard that many times at the end of church worship services as a benediction. And this psalm is alluding to that passage in Numbers chapter 6. And the second passage that the psalm is alluding to is the Abrahamic promise in Genesis chapter 12 verses 1 through 3, where God promises to bless Abraham and through him all nations will be blessed. So let's start first with God's blessing as conveyed by this allusion to Aaron's blessing in Numbers chapter 6. Psalm 67 verse 1 says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. So this is an adaptation of Numbers 6, Verses 22 through 27, these verses and numbers were repeated often in the the services that Israel would have. In the feasts that Israel would have, this benediction would be pronounced upon the people. And as I said earlier, it's often pronounced upon churches at the end of a service. So let me read for you Numbers 6, verses 22 through 27. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. So this is a prayer. Benediction is a prayer of sorts that's pronouncing a blessing on the people of God. Verse 24 of Numbers chapter 6 is a request for the Lord to protect Israel. The Lord bless you and keep you, keep you safe from the surrounding enemy nations. The Lord bless you and keep you, keep you uh, in the care and guidance of the Lord. Verse 25 says the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. It's a request for God's grace and favor to be poured out on the people of God. And then verse 26, the Lord lift up his countenance and give you peace. The Lord look upon you favorably and give you peace. It's the prayer of Numbers chapter 6. And by alluding to this, the psalmist is reminding Israel of all the blessings that they've enjoyed through all these years. They've enjoyed peace with God and peace at times with surrounding nations when they were keeping covenant with God. They've enjoyed God's grace and favor. And they've enjoyed protection and guidance from the Lord. And so the psalmist is, one, reminding them of all the blessings they've enjoyed. And two, praying that the Lord would pour out more blessings. In fact, Psalm 67 refers to the blessing of God three times. Verse 1, may God be gracious to us and bless us. Verse 6, God, our God, shall bless us. And verse 7, God shall bless us. Threefold blessing here called upon. And the psalmist says, Make his face to shine upon us. The shining face of God is a metaphor for God's goodwill to the people, for his blessing to the people. If he shines his face, he is turning favorably to him. If you think of a person who turns their face and their countenance is bright and has a smile on their face, you know that that person's favorable to you. And this is a call. For God to be favorable to the people, shine your face upon us. And the opposite of this is referred to in the Psalms too. When God hides his face, the people are in dismay. They're discouraged because God has turned his face away from them. Don't hide your face, O God. Shine your face upon us. This is the cry of Numbers chapter 6 and the cry of Psalm chapter 1. Now in this psalm, The Hebrew verbs are ambiguous, the forms of the verbs. They could be saying something like, God is gracious to us and blesses us. God has been gracious to us and has blessed us. Or it could be as rendered in this ESV translation, may God be gracious to us. So it can either be like a statement of fact that God has been gracious to us, or it can be a request that God would be gracious to us. It's almost impossible in this psalm to determine which one it is. Commentators are divided. Translations are divided. It's that the Hebrew doesn't make the distinction. It's ambiguous. Only in English do we have to make a choice between thanking God for something and asking God for something. This psalm does both. It's both a thanking of God for the blessings he's given and at the same time asking God that he would bless all the more. So it's appropriate that we kind of stop here and think through blessings ourselves. This psalm was written to Israel to remind them of the blessings that they've enjoyed. We need to take a moment and think of the blessings that we've enjoyed. To render the psalm as a thanksgiving psalm at one point, and then to ask God to bless us. So let's think through blessings in the Bible. What does it mean to be blessed according to the scriptures? What does that word mean? We say it a lot. God bless you when someone sneezes, right? God bless the USA, right? We say blessing a lot. What does it mean in the Bible to be blessed? It refers to God's generous and abundant giving of life and all the necessities of life to allow humans to flourish. When God blesses, whatever He blesses flourishes. You'll remember in the beginning with Adam and Eve when God blessed the first humans he said be fruitful and multiply that speaking be fruitful and multiply was a speaking of blessing that they would flourish reproductively speaking that they would fill the earth with the image of God so as we look through the book of Genesis we see this flourishing occur in three general different ways and I want to walk you through that just a little bit first way in genesis at least that we see blessing by god given is through material wealth and physical abundance that would be most obvious to us when we think about someone being blessed a lot of times we think about wealth we think about physical abundance genesis chapter 24 verse 35 this is spoken about abraham who was blessed the lord has greatly blessed my master well how has he blessed abraham He has become great. He has given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, male servants and female servants, camels and donkeys. Abraham is rich. He has physical, he has material wealth. And it's due to God's blessing. So this morning as we reflect upon our blessings, we should think about our money, our possessions, our conveniences in life. All of these are blessings that God has given. Not always deserved, in fact, never deserved. But God pours out blessings. And all the material possessions and wealth that you have, that I have, is a result of the blessing of God that we enjoy and not deserve. On our way back from Atlanta, the uh, Terry Bradbury and her kids picked us up from Atlanta. And we, last Sunday night, we stopped at Target on the way back just to get some medicine. And you you would have thought that our family was going to an amusement park. It was like running and jumping through the aisles, like, oh, look at this over here. Oh, look at this over here, you know? So much space, so many nice things to choose from, all of it within reach in the same place. And then at the end, just being able to swipe our card, talk to somebody in English, and walk out of there with bags of stuff, right? We went to get medicine. We ended up with a few more things. I was at Walgreens the other day, and Joy said, I think we went in for one thing at Walgreens. I was standing at the counter, and the lady said, Joy said, well, I need to get one more thing. And the lady said, well, I'll check you out while Joy's getting the one more thing. Well, Joy couldn't find it, so she was kind of looking through the different aisles of Walgreens. Well, in the meantime, my kids were like, here, I want this, and here, I want this, you know, one thing after another. This is all stuff we haven't seen in a while and stuff. You know, we've had cravings for that we didn't know we had cravings for until we saw it. But think about the convenience of what you have. I mean, I know sometimes walking walk into Walmart, walk into Target, you just get overwhelmed by it. It feels chaotic and you think, look at all the options. But stop for just a minute and think about the convenience of it all. Like, you can get everything. You can get everything. And swipe a card at the end. You have money to pay for it an amazing privilege amazing blessings that you enjoy and don't don't get so caught up in the frustration of things that you forget to be reminded of the blessings of having everything that you really need and more far more than you ever need on a daily basis sometimes it's easy to get so accustomed to having these things we forget how much we're really blessed Consider all your material blessings, how the Lord provides for you so many ways throughout each and every day, ways that you don't even recognize, that I don't even recognize. All of it's undeserved. We have a Heavenly Father who loves us and cares for us and provides, it's a promise, everything that we need. Everything. That's why in G- Matthew 6, Jesus says, Don't be anxious about your life, what you're going to eat or drink about your body, what you're going to put on it? Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? God so clothes the grass of the field which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven. Will He not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you a promise from the lord that you can count on. And you go to the store and you buy what you need. That's from your heavenly father who is blessing you. But not only material wealth is part of this category, but also physical abundance. As I mentioned before, the ability to reproduce, to have children is another sign of blessing in the book of Genesis, Isaac in chapter 25:11. It said of him that after the death of Abraham, God blessed Isaac. How did he bless him? A few verses later it says, Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord granted his prayer, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. She gave birth, and that is a blessing from the Lord. To have children. You'll remember later that God blessed the nation of Israel to be fruitful while they were in slavery to Egypt. They were having, really, children too rapidly for Egypt to kill them, according to the midwives. Probably a half-lie, at least. But nonetheless, they were having children, many children, and were filling the land. There are single people here today who don't have children, people who aren't able to have children. And God has a blessing for people like that, too. And it's different, and it's a special blessing, but it's, without doubt in the scriptures that bearing children is definitely a blessing. It's a blessing to have children. It's a blessing to be able to reproduce. And we need to thank God for this blessing. There's been several babies born in this congregation since we were here last. What a blessing that is that we get to enjoy them. In fact, the Bible talks about the childbirth being such a blessing that the the mother forgets the labor as it were because it's such a wonderful blessing as willing to have another child because of the blessing of having children. What a wonderful blessing it is. Material wealth, physical abundance. We have it. We have so much of it. But another sign of blessing in the Scriptures, in Genesis in particular, is the presence of God. Genesis chapter 39-2 says this, The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his Egyptian master. The Lord was with Joseph. It says that elsewhere, when Joseph, even when Joseph is in prison, it says the Lord was with him. The Lord is present with Joseph and He's showing favor and everything that Joseph does, everything that Joseph puts his hand to is blessed by the Lord. Joseph is having success. And it's because of the Lord's blessing. And the Lord was with Israel in the wilderness, even though they were being disciplined for their lack of faith in the Lord and His promise. They were blessed in the wilderness. In the tabernacle, the Lord was with them. and He led them through the wilderness with a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He was with them when they battled their enemies through the conquered land. And He was even with them in their exile. God was with His people. The presence of God is God's blessing. But consider your blessing and my blessing as the children of Abraham. Our blessing is that Christ is with us all the time. In a special, powerful, dynamic way, Jesus is always with us. In fact, His name, Emmanuel, means God with us. He's with us in Jesus. And He promises that He will be with us to the end of the age when He gives us the Great Commission. And that occurs by something absolutely amazing. The Holy Spirit indwells us lives within us, and empowers us to live the Christian life. You and I are blessed beyond comparison by the presence of God with us every moment of every day. Third kind of blessing that we find in Genesis is peace. They say to Isaac, we see plainly that the Lord has been with you. Let's make a pact, a covenant between you. You are now the blessed of the Lord. The enemies of Isaac Saw that the Lord was with them and said, Let's make a covenant. Let- let's make a pact. Because the Lord's clearly blessing you, and we, we don't want to fight against you. It's peace with their neighbors. Didn't always happen in Genesis, but it's explicitly said that it's blessing when it does happen, that there is peace in the people of, in the, in the descendants of Abraham. On various occasions, God blessed the patriarchs with peace with their enemies, and he later blessed Israel with peace on every side during the reign of Solomon. But you and I, we have even a greater peace. A greater peace. Peace with God and peace with man that Jesus has brought. Christ brings peace with God and peace with man. In fact, in John 14, 27, he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You do not need to fear anything. God has given you peace in all circumstances. And if you've been a believer for just a little bit of time, you can give a testimony today about how the Lord has given you peace in your life in the midst of a circumstance that has no other explanation besides God is blessing you in the midst of it. God is giving you peace. Chaos all around, struggles all around, but you have peace. And it's not a peace that the world gives, it's a peace that God gives as a blessing of of your relationship with Christ. Consider all the ways this morning you've been blessed materially. If you have children beside you or in the church service back there or somewhere else, consider how God's blessed you to have a family. Consider the peace that you have in your life where there would be no peace apart from God's blessing. The psalmist is calling Israel and therefore calling us now to remember God's blessing in our lives, remember that God's face shines toward us all the time. In Christ, God's face is always shining toward you. It's always delighting in you, His child. Feel that love this morning, experience that love. God is always looking at you when you sin, it grieves the Holy Spirit, but God is still favorably turned to you because of what Christ has done on the cross. There is never a moment when God turns an angry face or turns His face away from you. He is always delighting in His children by the work of Jesus Christ. What unbelievable, unimaginable blessings you and I have in Christ and the psalmist is even praying for more may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us he's got a personalized blessing of Aaron God be gracious to us bless us and make his face shine upon us he's asking for God to bless them even more we ought to ask that this morning bless us O Lord Bless us even more. Through your Son, pour out your blessings on this church. Pour out your blessings on this community. Pour out the, your blessings upon me. There's a second allusion in the psalm. One is to the Old Testament passage of Numbers, the Aaron's blessing, and the second is to Abraham's promise. Abraham's promise, the promise given to Abraham in chapter 12, verse 2 and 3 says this, I will make you of you... A great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing I will bless those who bless you and to him who dishonors you him who dishonors you I will curse and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed the structure of Psalm 67 is almost an exact replica of Genesis chapter 12 verses 2 and 3 bless us bless us bless us so that all the nations might be blessed one commentator said, if a psalm was ever written around the promises to Abraham, that he would both be blessed and be made a blessing, it could well have been this psalm. It's almost as if psalm, Genesis chapter 12 was in the psalmist's mind as he writes this. God had originally blessed Adam and Eve, chapter 1, verse 28. But in Genesis chapter 12, 2 and 3, the blessing now goes through Abraham. Adam and Eve, but now specifically through the family of Abraham. Up until this promise in chapter 12, there are five curses in Genesis. Curse upon the serpent. Curse upon the ground. Curse, curse, curse. But Abraham, in chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, receives a five-fold blessing. God is here saying that the curses that descended upon the world through Adam will now be reversed through Abraham. God's going to reverse the curse and bring blessing. Abraham would be blessed so that all the nations, all the nations that had been cursed under Adam, would now also be blessed. Notice the blessing doesn't just stop with Abraham, but it's for the purpose of blessing the nations. The psalmist in chapter 67 makes the same connection between blessing of the people of God and blessing of the nations. He says in verse 2, "...that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all the nations." This is what the psalmist prays, "...may God be gracious to us, and bless us, and make His face shine upon us, that your way may be known upon the earth, your saving power among the nations." His request is, O oh God, bless Israel, so that she might fulfill her purpose to be a light to the nations." And the desire for the nations to be blessed is mentioned five times in this psalm. Verse 2, that your way may be known among the earth, your saving power among all nations. Verse 3, let the peoples praise you, O God, let all the peoples praise you. Verse 4, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. Verse 5, let the peoples praise you, O God, let all the peoples praise you. And verse 7, let all the ends of the earth fear him. Five times, blessing upon the nations. His prayer is, bless us, bless us, bless us, so that the nations may know your salvation, so that all the peoples praise you, so that the nations rejoice, and so that the nations fear you. God's people are blessed in order that the nations might be blessed in the knowledge of God. This is crucial. It's essential to see. And it applies to all of Abraham's descendants, including you and I sitting here today. You and I have been blessed far greater than what we realize. So many ways we've been blessed, but we have been blessed for a purpose, so that we can make His way known on the earth, His saving power among all nations. It's far too often that we want blessing, but we stop too soon in our desire. We leave out the rest of the request, it is, bless us, O oh God, so that the nations might know your salvation. We leave out the so that. Oh, bless us, Lord. Don't stop there. There's no period. So that the nations might know your salvation. Your material wealth, your physical abundance, the fact that you have been blessed with a family and you have things at your reach, that you can pay for stuff without thinking about it. All of those are blessings. Why? that the nations might know God's salvation. You experience the presence and favor of God, the delight of God, so that the nations might see that blessing and come to know God. You have peace. Peace not that the world gives, a peace that surpasses all understanding, so that others might see that peace in your life and say, I want that God. Worship that the nations might praise Him. All the good, all the really good things in your life that you have experienced, they have a greater purpose. It doesn't stop with your enjoyment of those blessings. It is to extend out and to be leveraged to proclaim His salvation to the nations. This purpose in the Scriptures, I'm sorry to say it's actually a secret to many believers. It's all through the Scriptures, but we still cry out for God to bless us without considering that that blessing is there. It's given to us that we might be a blessing to the nations. Bless us that we might be a blessing to others. Don't just do good to my family. Do good to my family so that the nations might know you and your ways. That's the prayer of the Scriptures. I want to quickly walk through several of these things i want you to see them in the scripture that it's really a cover-to-cover issue and i think somehow we're just blind to it sometimes it's as if we can't read past the comma bless us lord comma and we're done but there's a remainder of the sentence after the promise that all nations will be blessed through abraham is made in genesis chapter 12 it's repeated four more times in genesis i want you to listen to the four more times second time to Abraham. Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation. Why? All the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. All the nations shall be blessed in him. He's going to be great. Why? Not just so Abraham can be great, not just so Abraham can be wealthy, but so that other people will see the blessing in his life, other nations, and the nations will be blessed in him. Or Genesis chapter 22, verse 18. In your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. It's repeated again to Isaac, chapter 26, verse 4. I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven, and will give to you your your offspring all these lands. And in your offspring, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. It's repeated again to Jacob, chapter 28, verse 14. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. you hear it over and over again? But somehow we've missed it. The connection between receiving blessing and the purpose for the blessing shouldn't be a secret to any of us. God blessed Abraham so that he would be a blessing to the nation, nations. And God blesses us so that we will be blessing to the nations. This is why you have all your stuff. This is why we've been given children. This is why we enjoy peace. It's not to stop with us. It's not to pool up in us. It's to extend that the nations might be blessed by the blessing we've received. Even within the stories of the patriarchs, we start to see the beginning of this blessing to the nations. Remember how Abraham interceded for the city of Sodom a foreign land Sodom didn't repent but Abraham rescued Lot and his family from that foreign land Abraham prayed for God to restore the ability to bear children to Abimelech's household even though Abraham had sinned Abraham is praying for him God is blessing the nations through Abraham and the person of Abimelech Isaac dug wells for his family and he was successful in finding wells all over And his success in finding wells provided enough for him and the surrounding nations around him. Pagan nations that didn't know the Lord were blessed because of the blessing that was upon Isaac. Remember how God blessed Jacob when he's working for Laban. He's working for all of those years. And Laban says to Jacob, If I have found favor in your sight, I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. That's what the nations should be saying to us. The Lord has blessed us because of you, the blessing that God has placed on you. Or Joseph. Joseph's working for Potiphar. Potiphar, and everything's going right. And his blessing brings blessing to Potiphar. Joseph, during the later years, stored up enough grain during the years of plenty so that he could provide for, the Scripture says, all the people of the earth. It's the phrase that's used. Joseph has stored up enough grain to provide for all the people of the earth. And the people declared, you have saved our lives. God blessed Joseph so that the nations might know him. Toward the end of the story, the aged Jacob gives his blessing even to the Pharaoh of Egypt. Jacob, old man Jacob, who was just from a shepherd shepherd family. Is now pronouncing blessing on the Pharaoh of Egypt because he had been so greatly blessed by the Lord. God's blessing has a purpose. He blesses us, his people, to be a blessing to the nations. You remember the deliverance Israel had, had experienced at the Red Sea? Why did God do it that way? Like there's a thousand other ways God could have delivered Israel from Egypt but he backs them up against the Red Sea then splits the Red Sea miraculously when there seems like there is no hope and he says the reason why I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will pursue them and I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord and they did so why did God place Israel at the corner of the Red Sea without any other hope and then miraculously delivered them instead of any other way it's so that Egypt would be watching and seeing what the Lord can do because God desires that his name would be renowned among the nations God bless Israel saving them through the Red Sea in a particular way so that the nations would know still nations still we are talking about the deliverance of the Red Sea because of what God had planned to do what about the giving of the Ten Commandments was that just for Israel's sake so they would know how to live Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 5 and 6 gives this rationale for the giving of the Ten Commandments and the obedience of it. Them. See, I have taught you statutes and rules as the Lord my God commanded me that you should do them in the land that you are entering to take possession of. Keep them and do them, for that will be your wisdom and understanding in the sight of the peoples, who when they hear your statutes will say, Surely this nation is a wise and understanding people and they will give glory to the Lord. Keep them and do them, the commandments. For this will be wisdom and understanding that the people will see, the nations will see. Obey the commandments so that the nations will see and know the ways of God. We've taught our kids the Ten Commandments, but have we ever told them the purpose that's behind them? It's not just to tell them how to live. Teach your kids the Ten Commandments and then say, live like this so that the peoples will see that you are a wise person and give glory to your God. That's why we learn the Ten Commandments. That's why we obey God, so that His name might be renowned among the nations. Solomon's prayer, when he dedicates the temple, he says, likewise when a foreigner who is not of your people Israel comes from a far country for your namesake, for they shall hear of your great name, and your mighty hand and of your outstretched arm, and when he comes and prays toward this house here in heaven, your dwelling place, and do according to all for which the foreigner calls to you, in order that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you, as do your people Israel, so that they may know that this house that I have built is called by your name. Solomon prays, Lord, when we pray, answer our prayers. Answer our prayers so that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you. You ever prayed, Lord, answer my prayer? You ever f- followed up with, so that others would know you? It's missing in our vocabulary. I think it's missing in our thinking. Lord, bless me. Lord, answer my prayers. Lord, answer Provide for my family. Lord, take care of my children. Lord, protect them so that the nations will come to know and fear you. It's the missing part. Lord, bless us that the nations might know you. Solomon later asked for wisdom from God, and God granted it to him. Solomon was the wisest person on earth. Why? So that the queen of Sheba from a foreign nation would hear of his great wisdom and visit And then say, Blessed be the Lord your God who has delighted in you and set you on the throne of Israel. So that the nation who is foreign, who's never heard of the Lord, would hear of the wisdom of Solomon, come to question him, and leave praising his God. Solomon received the blessing of wisdom that the nations might know God. It's a purpose behind the blessing. This connection shouldn't be a secret but I still think it is to far too many believers. Oh, how we want to receive God's blessing. Oh, how we want to be healed of a disease. Oh, how we want to have a certain job. Oh, how we want our kids to have a good education. Oh, how we want to have children. Oh, how we want to have a nice house. Oh, how we want the Lord to bless us. But we stop too short if we don't say, so that the nations might know you it's in our songs and our political speeches we wear it on our ball caps and our t-shirts God bless the USA but the biblical answer is so that the nations might know your salvation God bless us not so that we're just the wealthiest not so that we're just the best God bless our churches God bless our homes God bless our children God Bless us is a right prayer, but it needs to be followed up so that the nations will be glad in you. I want to think through just quickly a few more passages just by reference. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego delivered from the fire. You remember that story? we have all heard the story in Sunday school, but has anyone ever told you what the greater purpose was by delivering them from the fire? So that Nebuchadnezzar, the foreign king of Babylon, when he saw the miraculous deliverance, would say this, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants. Therefore, I make a decree, any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn from limb to limb, and their houses laid in ruins, for there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. The story keeps going. There's a reason for the miraculous deliverance. Or Daniel from the lion's den. Rescued from the mouths of the lions. Why? So King Darius would make a pronouncement that all the people should worship the God of Daniel. God blesses his people so that the nations might come to know him all through the scripture psalm chapter 23 the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he makes me to lie down in green pastures he leads me beside the still waters he restores my soul he leads me in paths of righteousness why for his name's sake for his reputation among the nations why does god why is god your shepherd why does he lead you why does he give you and you don't have want why does he lead you beside still waters? Why does he lead you in paths of righteousness, for his namesake? Psalm chapter twenty-five, eleven. For your namesake among the nations, Lord, pardon my guilt for it is great. Forgive me, not just for me, but for my name, for his namesake among the nations. Forgive me, Lord, for your namesake, for your reputation. Lord, forgive me. What about the new covenant purchased by Christ on the cross? Ezekiel says this. Listen to this. All the blessings that you enjoy by the new covenant, your salvation, your forgiveness of sins, all of that. Look at what God says about that in Ezekiel 36. Say this to the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord God, It is not for your sake, O Israel, that I am about to act that I'm about to bring about the new covenant, it is not for your sake, but for the sake of my holy name, which you profaned among the nations to which you came. I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, and which you have profaned among them. And the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God, when through you I vindicate my holiness before your eyes. And he continues on over and over again. I will do this for my sake, the sake of my name, among the nations. It's not for your sake that I'm bringing about the new covenant. It is for the sake of my name among the nations. Why did God put up with the people of Israel? Why did he continue to show patience to them? Why did he restore them when they did not deserve it? Why does he save you and me through the new covenant? It's for his name's sake ultimately. Now don't get me wrong, you're loved. You're profoundly loved but he did it most of all for his name's sake. Israel you were to be a light among the nations but you have profaned my name among the nations. I'll give you a new heart. And I'm going to put a new spirit within you so that you'll obey so that the nations won't look down upon my name. They'll know who I am. This is remarkable. Blessings of the new covenant purchased by Christ on the cross are not mainly for the sake of Israel but for the sake of God's reputation among the nations, so that the people of God would look like the people of God and give Him glory, and that the people of the earth would come to know Him. You know, this means, unfortunately, some of our songs and some of our sermons are wrong. Have you ever sung the song, Above All? I I, I really like the song a lot. Crucified, you've heard that, Michael W. Smith has sung that. really like the song. There's one line that's not correct. It says, like a rose trampled on the ground, you took the fall and thought of me above all. He didn't think of me above all. He thought of his namesake among the nations above all. He thought of me. He thought of you. He loves you. It's personal. It means something. Don't remove the significance of that. But understand. God's name among the nations that you're... For the sake of God's nation. Name among the nations that you're saved. He thought of His name, His glory among the nations above all. He loves me personally, but above all, He thought of His namesake. To glorify His name through the work of Christ on the cross to make a people of His own possession and to pour out blessings on that people. To pour out blessings on you like you could have never imagined. Promises that you haven't even begun to consider the importance of until you get to heaven. You you don't even realize the package you've gotten yet. I don't even realize the package of blessings that I've gotten in Christ. It's an ever-growing learning. I think heaven is a new day every day learning more about the salvation wrought through Jesus Christ and having reason to praise Him. And all of those blessings are given that His name might be revered among the nations. Oh, how you are blessed. And oh, how you should pray for more blessing in your family, in your finances. The peace in your life, you ought to call out for it, but then you ought to say, so that, give me more, Lord, so that the nations might know you, so that the nations might fear you, so that the nations might give you praise. You might say that's just in the Old Testament. God blessed his people in the Old Testament for the sake of the nations, but... We've already seen it's in the New Covenant. And we see it even in the Great Commission. This idea that the blessing that's poured out on someone or a people is to then result in God's name being blessed among the nations, this idea of the Old Testament, in the New Testament it becomes an explicit mandate. Because you have been blessed, therefore... Make my name great among the nations. Bless the nations. Jesus said, Matthew 28, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. It's Genesis 12. The blessing has now become a mandate. Go make disciples of all nations because you have been blessed. The way that God will bless the nations through Abraham is through the proclamation of Christ to the nations. And as they see the blessing that's poured out on us and how those blessings reveal His goodness to others, God, Paul says that God revealed Christ to him. You remember that road to Damascus? Miraculous revealing Jesus Christ, the risen Lord Jesus, appears to Paul. Paul gives the purpose for that miraculous revealing of Christ. It says, When He had set me apart before I was born, who called me by His grace, He was pleased to reveal his son to me. Why? This is the part we don't read. In order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Why did God reveal Christ to Paul? So that Paul might preach Christ among the Gentiles. Paul says he revealed his son to me so that I might preach to the nations. And you might still say, does this apply to me, this principle of blessing for the nations? Genesis 3 says that, verse 7, Know then that it is those of faith who are sons of Abraham, and the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, the nations by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Why? So that the blessing promised to Abraham would extend to the nations. If you are Christ, Paul says, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Hear that. You will be blessed, O people of God. Poplar Springs, hear that this morning. You will be blessed. You already are blessed beyond your imagination. All that you have, you are blessed by God. And God, bless us all the more so that the nations would praise you, so that the nations would come to know you. We are blessed in Christ in order to bring forth the blessing of Christ among the nations. When one day, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Can you imagine that day with the peoples around the throne of God, all having been blessed by Christ, giving praise to Him? Let all, let all the peoples praise you. And from now until that day, your blessing, all the good things you enjoy in this life, are to further the route the way toward that vision one day. To see the nations around you praising God, giving glory to Him. It is the goal. You have been blessed so that you would be involved in missions. Did you know that? You have been blessed. You have children. You provide for your family. You have money in the bank. You have conveniences. You have peace with God. You have these things. So that you might be involved in missions, so that god 's name might be renowned among the nations, because I stop at the comma, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face to shine upon us, that His way might be known on earth, his saving power among all nations. I'll close by just applying this just a little bit. I read this uh, Tim Keller says this, interestingly, someone, somebody showed me this down at NYU, New York University. There's something called the New York Child Study Center. It's a research center for studying children and families. The May 2007 newsletter studied trends among children and families with household incomes of $75,000 to $160,000. These are generally parents with parents who are professional professionals. These are generally children with parents who are professionals. Over the last 20 years, there have been escalating psychological problems, and teen suicides have doubled in this group. These are wealthy families. They've done studies. Over the last 20 years, teen suicides have doubled in the group. What's going on? The newsletter essentially says complete financial security, excessive freedom to learn and explore. That's what these children have. The provision of a very wide range of interesting opportunities for entertainment, recreation, and education. He says, let me read that again. Most of us think this is a wonderful to, these are wonderful things to snow your kids with. Complete financial security, excessive freedom to learn and explore. The provision of a very wide range of interesting opportunities for entertainment, recreation, and education. And then the newsletter continues. All of these things have been discovered to often lead to apathy, laziness, and inability to commit to goals, attitudes of entitlement, indecisiveness, moodiness, irritability without pro- provocation, low self-confidence, and insecurity. In other words, Tim Keller says, if you pile your kids high with blessing, affirmation, and prosperity— And they are never taught to sacrificially serve some cause infinitely more important than their happiness. They rot. Real blessing. God's blessing, it it rots if it's not passed on. Like the manna in the wilderness. He never calls you in without sending you out. He never calls you into intimate relationship with Him. He never blesses you except that you might be a blessing to others. Every Christian who has really experienced the joy of God and wants to have and maintain the blessing must be a person in mission. Maybe if one of the reasons we have mounting problems of depression in this culture, mounting problems of obesity, mounting psychological problems in this country is that we've stopped the blessing short. That it was supposed to always, we're designed so that it might be given out so that God's name might be proclaimed, so that God might be glorified, but instead, we're rotting because of it. We've been blessed beyond measure, and it has a purpose that the nations might know Him. So I want to ask you today, do your blessings, when you think through all of them, when you count them, do they fulfill God's purpose for the nations? Or are they stagnating in your family, in your personal life? Where are you this morning with your blessings? How do you think and talk about our nations, our nation and the blessing of being a citizen here? Is it reflective of the purpose of God to bless so the nations would be glad in Him? I know you have to be weary of the toxic news and political opinions that surround the United States right now. I mean, we, we hear it and read about it in, in Bolivia all the time. Can I just share with you from a missionary's perspective how that sounds sometimes? I, I just want to ask you to think about this. I, I'm not referencing anybody, any party, any policy right now. I'm not referencing any of that. I could, I, could, I could give it examples from every side. It's not anything specific. I just want you to think about this. How do you think many of the political slogans, talking points, arguments, and public rhetoric it's even passed along among believers how do you think that's heard in other nations like Bolivia how do you think it sounds just go wherever you want to in your mind except for accusing me of something go wherever you want to about whatever policy whatever slogan and I just want you to read the next news article or something saying something about the United States read the next Facebook post where someone's defending someone or some side and ask yourself the question how does it sound to another nation that doesn't know the Lord. How's it sound when they think of the U.S. as powerful and prosperous? Does it sound like the blessing that God's poured out on this nation? Does it sound like that's blessing the other nations? I just want you to think through that as a believer without any kind of other agenda. I don't have an agenda, I promise you. I don't even keep up with it enough to have an agenda. I just know it sounds to me like we just want the blessing sometimes to just stop. I say, we're going to rot. Don't let us stop with us. It's for the blessing of the nations. So the nations would be glad in him. So that Bolivians would say, praise Jesus Christ. Thank you, believers in the United States of America, for extending your blessing to our country. Your thoughts align with God's purposes for the nations. Does your discourse align? align God's purposes for the nations? Do your prayers reflect God's purposes? Do you pray for good things in your life and the life of your family for the sake of God's name among the nations? Do you ever finish your prayers that way? Lord, help me in this situation. Help me in this situation for the sake of your name among the nations. Do you consider and use your blessings to be a means for missions that it might extend out How are you leveraging all the blessings that you've been given towards God's purpose in giving them to you? May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face to shine upon us that His way may be known on earth, your saving power among all the nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you.